0: hello welcome to our secret 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 meeting that we're having
1: our secret gathering
0: while the others are off in enjoying some kind of other uh distant land uh both dagmar and i are in the dungeon sharing a bucket once again this is Dagmar's first bucket experience.
1: It's my first bucket experience. <laughs> although I know the story, not a big fan. Not a big <laughs> fan. Not a big fan of the bucket. Um, uh,
0: the, the mugs, the cups were almost worse. So this is Thad who play. I, I play uh, Brokos in our adventure.
1: And uh, I'm Jeff. I play Dagmar uh,
0: so,
1: in the adventure.
0: So we got some people on vacation, a little summer vacation that happens in the summer with families and whatnot. So what we offered to do is take a little time out of our busy, busy, busy D&D schedules to record uh, just a little bit of a show here for you to answer some questions that were asked and to talk about kind of like our experience with D&D. And I hope you enjoy. So uh, yeah, and, and in the future, again, to remind the listeners that if you ever have any questions, reach out to us, more than happy to answer them. I, I find it uh, very fun to help people either get into D&D or really get down into the brass tacks. of it, And that's what I, I think we're going to kind of really give you an idea of what we want to do.
1: Yeah, we're going to basically answer some questions and uh, probably include a little bit of our character building process. Uh, uh, myself, I've played D&D on and off for over 30 years, uh, and I know Thad's got a lot of experience in well and as well in different editions and I'm things. Old. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're going to answer some of your questions. Uh, feel free, like, like uh, Thad said, that if you have uh, questions to ask us as far as how to build a character, uh, things like that, don't hesitate to throw them up on the uh, Facebook and uh, we can answer those as uh, quickly as they come. So I guess, uh, to kind of start out, we had some questions. I, I think you were going to begin Thad. Uh, yeah. With uh,
0: yeah. This is from one of, uh, Rochelle, one of our biggest fans. Uh, she, uh, really, really likes Triss for some reason. She really, really bonds with Triss. Um, so she has this, she's a little bit more of a 5e newbie compared to Jeff and I, um, and I think with 5e, uh, I really jumped in and that's kind of, I took a little time out from D and D for a while. Uh, 4e would do that to a person. Um, and you then you uh, are <laughs> right about that. <laughs> and uh, got into uh, involved with Pathfinder with Rochelle and Don and um, who also, of course, you know them and then Ted and so that's kind of where I met them and so they're more of a Pathfinder background. So that's why sometimes they ask some questions. It's not this because they don't know what's going on. It's just because the rules are much different. <laughs> well, Very not much different, so. but different enough to where it can throw you off. Mm-hmm. So uh, she had a couple questions uh, and I think these kind of go hand in hand. So I'll start with the first one, then we follow up. Uh, do you have an underlying philosophy jeff on approach to character creation what is your starting point
1: so for me uh there's there's definitely a lot of factors to take in when you're creating a character so when i was creating dagmar um not only did i have to create a character in the middle of a story but i had to fill a specific role on a team of characters so um for me, the the first point was understanding that uh, the rogue was leaving, and I had to be I had to fill that void on the team. So uh, for me, it was quite easy to start with like, you know, I had kind of a narrow view of of the type of character that I was going to have to play. And then the next point for me, is to finding a, co- a compelling character to play within inside, inside of that so like uh, whether that archetype is kind of the the dwarven machinist kind of rogue or uh, something more like Dagmar uh, finding like an overall vibe of that particular character that I want to play uh, comes next uh, then I can develop the backstory that puts that character in place at that time. And, and I really struggled with it. When I was making Dagmar, I really, really wanted to be a dwarven kind of sharpshooter. Yeah. That's, that's what I wanted to be 100%. And uh, I had to pull that back because um, that's not what the group needed. So one of the most important parts I would say of D&D is if you're, if you're filling in on an, an already established group is, you know, there, there's a lot of different characters that you can want to play and make sure you're going to be a good party member
2: mm-hmm.
1: by filling in that group need.
0: Yeah. And that's especially with a lower party, like four people, you yep. really need to be there. And I mean, to tell everybody, know uh, Jeff, just a very good dwarf voice from other campaigns that I've played with him. in. so I think he was really going for that grumpy. Vo- I don't know where he gets it from. That grumpy dwarf
2: voice.
1: (laughs) I I enjoy playing (laughs) dwarves. Uh, I've always enjoyed playing a dwarf. Uh, So this is actually, I think, my first human that I've played in many years. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, it's kind of weird.
0: (laughs) I I like playing humans. So kind of where I start from. So I started kind of from scratch on both levels with both the first uh, campaign and then the next campaign. Uh, I kind of started with... Yes, it has to fit in that group. So we you have a discussion with other people around, maybe people new to get there. I always you want to make sure you play a character that is fun to play, though. You don't, you know, Absolutely. I always get into a how much damage can I do? And and I get tricky, I get tricked into my own, I want to be as powerful as possible. And you can really kind of dump down your character a little bit because you're all about attributes not so much as as just a character especially when you're doing podcasts so i kind of said i had never oddly enough played druid in 5e so i'm like i want to play a druid and that's that's how i started i started with a class and then to me i i then find i want to find men a race if i want to find if i say well, i want to play a human Well, that's easy because humans got so much variance to it Mm -hmm. that you can play pretty much anything with human. And they have some downsides to being a human, too. So then I took as far as, well, what did I want to be a druid? Now I have the whole world open to what race I want to be. Then I picked my race. And then once I kind of picked those races, that really kind of starts. That's like a big ball of clay. And that starts pulling tearing chunks off because with both a race and a class, I feel you can then go into your backstory of like, well, who am I? You know, I, I know what I do, but who am I as far? And I know my race. So you can really identify just like our real lives is, Hey, what is my job and what kind of per you know, who am I? It really kind of states who it kind of defines who you are in a lot of things. So, you know, that's my kind of really starting point and then I want to make sure that I am working, like Jeff said, with, with the people in the group, when you get into six people, I'll tell you what, you can really, you can let, do go, anything you want, whatever, at you, that whatever point. your heart desires, go, go all Disney princess about it. But uh, it, it's much more troubling though, because you can really, you don't want to step on anybody's toes because I think the fun part about when you, you say you want to, you want to be, have number one assets to the group, because if you would have picked, you know, uh, uh, a Druid, a dwarf druid you probably wouldn't have you know lasted very long i definitely would have, you know I'm, I'm sure the badger would have been complaining the whole time about hey you know who's stepping on my toes
1: yeah we already have a healer and right and i think i you know the interesting thing about that is comparing where we came into the adventure so yeah. having already had like some of those characters established you know you have to think about where also what makes sense in the storyline? What kind of races are going to be uh, available to that? You know, it wouldn't make any sense to to be from a town that's got kobolds and humans, mm-hmm. and then I'm the only Goliath, right. you know, underground. So, um, you know, certainly you can work on those types of things with your DM uh in order to to get those added in if that's what you've got your heart set to. But uh it sounds kinda like we have a very similar philosophy, which yeah. is starting with a class, and that's what I did this time, uh, and then working our way uh through the character. Um I wanted Dagmar to be kind of a gritty, like street urchin character, not not crazy unique for right. rogues. <laughs> right. But um you know, I wanted to make sure that I had backstory flushed out. So, you know, in the adventure, if we, you know, when we get to it, uh, there's something the unique that pulls to that particular character to really suck him in to the group. Uh, and hopefully we get to that. I'm pretty, I'm, I'll be pretty pumped once we finally do Dagmar's quest. So.
0: Yeah, right. Dagmar's quest is just going to take the whole thing over. Oh, so, yeah. I, I like to. <laughs> I, I, I uh, like to do D and D beyond to create my characters because I have a lot of the legendary packets. So I have a lot of the ex- extension books. And so you can really hone out all, you have so many options and that's what the great thing about uh, wizards of the coast has done. They've just such a great job about really expanding your world and your options. And that, like what Jeff said is, you know, take time, talk to your DM about that world and what, he he might say, Hey, you know, your magic user could be only this, or um, mm-hmm. no it, you know, there is we we dealt with it in the first season, our first campaign. We were dealing with a world that was really kind of uh being there was a little fascism going on, a little, you know, as far yeah. as uh racial uh or gentrification, whatnot. So uh you, you want to check with your your dm and hey what can i use can i just use a player's handbook because there's a lot of stuff in the players handbook and sometimes i just like saying you can only play with a player's handbook as a dm saying that's a cha- to me that's more challenging because you really got to make the most out of what you have but then you but there's so many backgrounds and feats out there so i like dnd beyond i personally use it and i got the legendary pack I I spoil myself with that because it gives us so many options to really create that character. And then I share it with everybody in adventure. So they get to share that, um, that those books as well. So, you know,
1: we kind of touched on another question uh, from another listener who, so I think we kind of go right into that if you're okay with that. that. Uh, So uh, a lot of people listen to podcasts, you know, as a way of just starting to get into Dungeons and Dragons and, uh, this question's from a listener, and they say, what class and character race would be best for a new player or a casual player, right? Mm-hmm. So um, just to, to kind of expand on that, there's really, I, I kind of see as there's two real main styles of play, which is the maximization of, of uh, characters. So min-maxing is a term that's used. Mm-hmm. And there's very much a i want to make a character because i want to play an interesting character and they're not always i mean every once in a while you get to play a character that kind of fills both those buckets yes but most of the time you're going to kind of choose the interesting character uh, or a very maximized or optimized character and um, for me for my recommendation um, i would always recommend playing a character that is not optimized to start with because for me and my personality it takes so much flavor away from the game when you've got to do so much research to make sure that you're picking the feet you've picked the race that matches the mm-hmm. character class and you often get into uh, almost a assigned role to particular races so like you did a really good job last year where you had or, – or the first campaign where you had a halfling ranger.
2: Yeah, yeah. And that's
1: kind of outside the bounds of what you would normally see. It's usually Rogue. Right. I know he did have a couple of levels in Rogue, but
0: – Yeah, Ghost-wise really gave me the wisdom. So I, I'm kind of – I challenge myself with that because
1: – You're kind of the opposite, though. I you're plan- very much the opposite.
0: Yeah, yeah. I plan my character out. So I look at my character and I say, this is what I want. But I will really benefit. I will try to match the race with how my cl- I can benefit my class. Mm-hmm. Is it is it for everybody? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. This is not I what, saying, they... what everybody does. I'm, Jeff does it totally different. It's how you want to flavor text it and how you want to add flavor to it. But right. I have plans to wear with Brokos. I, I have them planned up to already to 10. So I know mm-hmm. what feats I'm going to take, where I'm going to put my ability scores, how I'm going to shape that character so i'm a pre oh, kind of set there what what i call optimization you can go out there online and find lots of just google how to optimize you know optimize ranger you know and yep. they will tell you what races to pick the best races the best spells those are there's a lot of stuff out there that's really good but that's you can get caught up see bjorn i fell in love with because i kind of got best of both worlds
1: yep
0: yeah halfling so you is such a that- great character yeah, but he's the one who throws both those that.
1: buckets. Yeah,
0: so um, I can force myself into playing sometimes, and that doesn't erase that I don't necessarily want. And yeah. I don't know if that's always the best thing.
1: I would say uh, to answer the question, uh, what class or character? I I find that that would be very much a question as to why that individual is getting into D anD. d If right. you want to play D anD. d because you want to role play that character and you like to have those conversations and you really want to be good at that side of it um somebody who's really you know talking to the npcs if you want to be a face um you know having a character more developed to that like a bard or rogue uh or even a paladin they can be somewhat more the confusing classes because there's a lot of options that go along with it Uh, A cleric would be another good example of that uh i would try one of those if you want to have that more of a role play experience um they provide the i think the best uh classes and and with cleric with some of the domains and stuff you can get uh a little bit better for more of the role play stuff if you want to roll dice if if that's what you're getting into d and d for is you want to roll and you want to hit those critical hits uh i don't think it gets any easier than a fighter a champion fighter no I think a champion fighter. You're gonna you're gonna do that damage. You're gonna be the frontline attacker. You're gonna get multiple attacks. You're gonna you're, every time you roll a nineteen, all of a sudden it's a critical hit. So uh, I think to answer the question, you know, if you want to roll dice, I think a fighter. And yeah. if you want to do more of the role play, I would try cleric, paladin, bard, or uh, rogue.
0: And he's doing that really because they all have charisma base. Their charisma base. So the ability score that he's using is you usually when you say, well, what kind of character should I be? Um, you know, kind of taking Triss as a, as an example and, um, you know, Alar. Well, Alar is a bard. So he, all of his spells come off of a charisma base. That's what he used for mm-hmm. his for his spell casting. Um, and so he really. That obviously, these a charismatic portion of him. How to persuade people, um, intimidate people, deception, all of that things, those skills that we'll maybe go into a little bit uh, later about how to really kind of to create that. Whereas Tris is a fighter. she you know, she, to- she can talk, but you'll know you know she wants to use more of the intimidation point, but she'll but she'll use more of the the athletic side of it. Now a lot of people get to that one on one of fighter. I'm going to build a strong person. But what Triss has done, and, and what I really like, and I think none of people do, is make a dexterity-based fighter. Because yes. dexterity is almost – high dexterity can almost OP your character in, in 5e, I feel. Because it has – it's attached to so many things. It's attached mm-hmm. to your AC. It's attached to your initiative. It's attached to, like, your stealth. And it's yeah. attached to, like, your slay It's attached to acrobatics. It's It's like – It's all attached, and if you're a ranger or a fighter, you attach your damage in your attack, you know.
1: It's really, and it's attached to one of the most common saving throws, too, um, you know, for damage. So, yeah, I I agree. I don't think there's near enough dexterity-based fighters. I think, you know, uh, I I still think there is an advantage to a fighter for just Mm. someone who wants to roll those dice uh and it's not to say you can't be a fighter and do a lot of the talking tris does a lot of the talking in in the campaign so you know you don't have to you don't have to go one of those places but i I think yeah i think that's you know if you're a casual player you don't really want to like uh you, you know make sure you're optimizing and everything like that uh another key point that i would point out is uh, if you really don't want to invest the time into building out the character and selecting everything to really maximize everything, um, just go straight class. Don't do multi-class.
0: Yeah, no, um, no. And multi-class can really struggle. Multi-class multiple, yeah. can
1: absolutely destroy your character. If you do not make the right decisions at the right times, you can be very underpowered. Right. Um, and you can also hit some pretty pretty significant power plateaus where, yeah, maybe at this yeah. one level... You're really powerful, but then nothing really good happens for right. three levels, and uh, yeah, uh, multi-classing.
0: Piece. Multi-classing should be something that should fit really personality-wise too. I think much yeah. more than because you're know, like, why am I? What kind of like Bjorn was multi-class? Why and and so and and Dagmar is multi classes like why am I multi-class? How mm-hmm. does that fit together? Well you know, Bjorn wanted to be a little bit more stealthy and he wanted to be creeping and invisible in caves. He was hunting, he was a, a drow hunter. He wanted to be stealthy and, and that, that's more of a rogue based, but he also wanted that ranged weapon and he wanted to be do some physical damage and, and not just some spells. Yeah. So that's where I find like ranger, and to someone who says, well, fighter, champion, fighter, yeah, hands down, easy, race, player handbook has everything that you need. If you want to go in something with a little bit more flavor to it, um, I think Ranger is a great fighter slash spell user. Oh yeah, because they have spells that start at level two, so you can really get used to your character level one. You don't. People want to think that Rangers are completely a a ranged weapon. Um,
1: well, it is well, in the name,
0: <laughs> right? But <laughs> you can be a hand hand Ranger. Absolutely, you could yeah. be like a Legolas if you really wanted to be. You know. Uh, uh, like a you could be an archer and but usually your fighter archetype because it sets that or you know you you could be uh you know something that's a little bit more fighter hand to hand but usually it's a ranger we think of the you know common bow and arrow yeah and, and they're good sniffing, at
1: it. eating yeah. eating
0: dirt to find out where people have the orcs have gone kind of stuff so aerathorn would be a good example but you know we Arathorn's certainly still you know used used to combat oh eric born man <laughs> of aerathorn yeah
1: uh yeah
0: yeah so I didn't um, like, you're like who's this erathor guy Aragorn, trust me, he's like, aragorn's he in brother the first campaign
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um so, yeah so that's what people kind of want to stay to so not to, i mean you can play more on a multi-class but yeah first pl- time player i would personally stay away from multi-class um, and then, of course, your DM, based upon Tris talking a lot, well, that's fine. But when your DM calls you out and makes you do a skill challenge, yep. And you you're, want to try to be, persuade be... someone, you're not. You better hope you know you can. You go so, anti up.
1: Yeah, and that's um, that kind of brings us, you know, in the character building process, really brings to like one big point that I kind of wanted to share with uh, with everybody, which is um, D&D is not an individual game. It is a team game. And just like any team game, you need to have specialists for certain scenarios. Uh, If you have a group of barbarians, let's say you have four barbarians, yes, they will absolutely wreck that pack of orcs, no problem. But... One hold spell, if it could, uh, well timed, could take them, could take them out. So, uh, I've I've played in a lot of D and D campaigns over the years, and uh, there's definitely a different level of satisfaction uh, when you play with a team that is all on the same page and a team that's not on the same page. So. Uh, yeah. Making sure that you make those decisions for your character based on your teammates is also really important as well. So uh, if your DM is going to have a campaign or a session zero, which is kind of like the getting to know you, introduce the players, uh, it's a good idea to spend some time and develop uh, develop an idea of not necessarily who's playing who, but what everybody is thinking about playing So you can have a more well rounded group. Um, Another caveat to that and um, is from a mindset of the people who are playing the characters. You want to have every kind of conversation kind of covered, if that makes sense. So if you want to be able to intimidate, you need to have a person for that. And that might not be the bard. that may be the fighter uh if you want to have a little bit of persuasion or a little bit of deception um it's good to have like a character who can do all of that but if that character gets disabled or thrown in jail and you've got a bunch of meatheads who can't have a conversation like you need to have a little overlap to the characters you know if the healer goes down and you have no other healing right you know that's that's a problem
0: and this is all recommendations yeah. If you, if you guys want to just go foobar and, you know, throw just wrenches into it. Because uh, Jeff is explaining – this is not really – Jeff is explaining the in the perfect world.
1: <laughs> yeah, in the perfect world. And because D&D is very not a perfect world. <laughs>
0: I always find that when I'm creating a character um, – you know, we we want to be something that we're not in real life. We yeah, right. We want to be that hero that I mean, that's what D D is about. You get to really, you get to f- just fantasize about being something that you're not and killing dragons. Who doesn't want to do that? But you always, as much as you may want to fight it, you always take a little bit of you and, and is there in the character. You could, I mean, unless you're a really good actor, you know. And but I don't find that as much fun. So a lot of times I'll pick. I feel like in real life I'm a bit of a leader and so I'll pick the leader like a paladin or something that would be a leader. So to me, this is what I really like about brokos is I don't, I don't play the leader. I try to keep Mm -hmm. quiet. And I, I, I really, you know, as far as making choices and stuff. Yeah. And that's why I really felt like going the young route would be the best way because making me the younger one, he wouldn't be a natural born he wouldn't be a natural leader. he would be looking up to everybody else to make the calls, kind of following them along so that kind of really put me in my in that box so I didn't get outside of that and just start being a leader unnaturally and so I feel like a lot of people say well you know i I, I like this idea it's, it's nothing like me and I, it's some completely opposite. you will start doing things that are part of you that will be in that game. is it wrong no, but just accept it and be prepared to do it and be able to, to kind of move a little bit. Always remember when you level up, think of it as growing up, you know, people change throughout time and people's ideals and change. And I think it'll lead to another question that you had about how they view the world. And we don't have to be stuck to this construct of this is a good person. They have to be good. Now, paladins and things like that are gonna be that route. But If you want to play an evil character and everybody else, or just like a murder hobo, someone goes around and just wants to kill and create, start fires and steal stuff. That's great. But if you're with a group that really doesn't want that, guess what, what they're not doing, having fun. I guarantee you, it's just, he talks about being a team. Jeff does is be aware of your other players and be thoughtful of your other players and understand that, um, you know, I have a rules of DM is everybody have fun and everybody gets a chance to be a hero. If you're doing all the stuff and taking away everything from everybody else and taking all the, the bells and the whistles and taking all the attention, getting all doing all the stuff, all the killing, all the other people are not going to have as much as fun. Or yeah. if you're going to say, well, I, I'm going to do this. And everybody else has a plan. And then you decide to go and throw that plan. And then you say, well, that's something my character would do. Maybe. But that's kind of means that you're being just a jerk, just to be a jerk. And so be as a human being, as a person, not a human in cl- racing in the, the game, but as a human being, just try to be aware of your other, of your teammates, because if you are not a team, guess what? You're going to fail. Yeah. Unless you have six or eight people where it can really kind of overthrow that one there. If you have less people and it's always a question I see on, on Facebook and stuff on these different pages is, you know, we've got this person who's kind of wants to be on their own and they like mm-hmm. to start in trouble. And I don't know how to talk to them. And as a DM, I've been there and it's not easy to have the discussions, but um, you're all adults. Well, even if you're kids, yeah, this is more like being open with each other, but it's, it's tough because in a perfect world fitting, everybody fits in that little area. So everyone can work as a team. That's going to be your your best thing, and you don't have to feel like you're still walking a path of of the known. You can still role play and be, you can be different, or you can do weird things, and you know, people are allowed to make mistakes in D anD. d
1: Right, and yeah, and and you make a really good point about the uh, about the team aspect of it. It's. You know, if somebody is uh, – my DM, and, I, and I've and i been a DM for several campaigns, and my philosophy is somebody is – if somebody is having too much fun, another person on that group is not having enough fun. Right. And it's usually the aspect for, you know, combat, like my turn in combat comes up, and instead of attacking something, I want to do this super intricate, you know, rule of cool thing, and yeah. I want – and that's great every once in a while, but right. – all that time that you're taking up, somebody else is not getting to, to do something that and maybe they want to do. So right. it's just a matter of, you know, just standard etiquette stuff, you know. Um, and if you have a good DM, treat them nicely because uh, DMs, uh, yeah, they are not a dime a dozen. Uh, no. They are excellent people most of the time.
0: Because they have to deal with you people.
1: <laughs> because they have to deal with the players. Right, and there's <laughs> there's always enough players, but there's never enough DMs. It's,
0: it's true. No one would I, I like DMing to a certain point, but yeah, it can be a little taxing. And so yep. uh, I'm very appreciative of Don DMing the games that he has. I am absolutely asked.
1: appreciative of Don and um, all of my other DMs.
0: So saying on that with, with going back kinda of back to Don is uh, you know, we talked like the the reason I've been playing with Don and Michelle and Ted for four years in another campaign. And the, and it goes into the more you get to know your other players, the more you're going to know each other on the battlefield, the more you're going to know how, so, Hey, somebody did a really good job of, of that bar talk, talked his way into that bar, that tavern. Maybe I should let him do that Yeah. and, and, and respecting other people's skills and not being envious of them.
1: Yes. Yeah. Because and that
0: you have skills too, that they're going to require, but don't be envious of other people's skills. Be happy that you have them.
1: Yeah. And they, and they
0: have them available.
1: Yeah, that is another excellent point. Yeah, it's, you know, in a, in a perfect world, the team is all going to fill those gaps with a little bit of overlap, you know, yeah. just in case the healer goes down. Um, but having it, that kind of brings up a point I wanted to make earlier, you, you touched on it, that people grow. And that relates to one of the questions that we had. Which is
2: yeah.
1: uh, about alignment uh, and alignment in D anD D. So uh, the question is not counting chaotic neutral, which I guess is their favorite. <laughs> their favorite. I know exactly
0: alignment.
1: who yeah, asked this uh, question. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite alignment? Um, so I generally play good or neutral characters. I don't. Um, I don't dislike playing uh, evil characters. You just don't get a lot of opportunity to do that and actually have a functional campaign, especially a lot of the modules uh, that are out there. uh, The ease of use going through that module kind of lends itself to a good character or a neutral character. And uh, my my favorite alignment uh, to play would be the chaotic good. The Robin Hood, you know, Mm -hmm. the Rob from the rich give to the poor. You know uh, the you know play I play by nobody rules but my own. Yeah, but I got a good heart.
0: Yeah, kung you know, fu. You're kung fu. Yeah.
1: the <laughs> The sad truth of of D anD D is the actions of many people in that I've seen play. Generally, you're neutral. <laughs> generally, it's most people for play sure as neutral characters, and that's okay. Yeah, because you're go you know you don't have to charge into that horde of goblins that you know you're going to die and that's such a you know such a lawful good like hey I'm going to sacrifice myself maybe for the good of the team someone does that but there's a difference between being a good character and being a stupidly good character right yeah. and, and now you see that way too common uh, of an issue you know a a person who is lawful good isn't necessarily just going to throw their life away right. to 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 uh, on it on a cause that will see no satisfaction. You know, well,
0: so. I always take that you know my stance on alignments. I have a very strong stance. I think unless there there's and I'll even go into this because I play enough paladins, unless you're doing a paladin or a cleric where there's a requirement of your God being like if your god is lawful good, and and I don't, it's it's challenging. If you're going to take, I, I wouldn't suggest build you know, paladin. I kind of mentioned before about your first character. I would really stay away from paladin That's because a tough one to start. It's with. a tough yeah. because it's an alignment that you have to stick to. Well, and you otherwise have old... you can lose some classes. You can lose some of your skills. You can become an anti paladin. But and and the and the thing is, is I think it's either good or neutral because just like our real lives we make mistakes we as a paladin would say he falls into the path of sin and then he asks for retribution right he asks mm-hmm. for for forgiveness from his god and because paladins can be self righteous but self righteousness in itself would probably be seen not as a good trait right by by many gods So being a challenge of don't put too much into alignment. I really don't, unless it's something that's required by your God or your class that, that gives you these divine powers. Mm -hmm. Even if you're a paladin, there's a lot of good discussion out there. I know Chris Perkins had some discussion out there uh, who writes the, uh, the, the the, works for wizards of the coast and, you know, Hey, paladins don't have to necessarily be lawful. Good.
1: No, they don't have to be
0: you're just if you are if you are lawful good if evil comes around you got to tell it to shut up now you can make deals with the devil but even as a paladin sometimes you have to turn out your eye the blind eye or hey I got to go outside and, and go pee well you know well they're looting through a body that probably shouldn't be desecrated like this oh I gotta go you, you have to turn the blind eye to for the better of a better of the good but if you're going to be that way, where you're going to question yourself, you know, there's lots of, I think you should align yourself with a God that is that alignment. So if you want to be a, a chaotic neutral, there are gods out there that are chaotic neutral or chaotic, mm-hmm. then, then do it and make up your own story that way. It's so much better because that adds so much spice to your background of why you're not a lawful good paladin. And why you picked this god? There's so much more open because everybody, if you think they're a paladin, oh, it's a goody two-shoe.
1: Absolutely, and there's a lot of uh, ground there to to really have a great character. Because really, at its crux, there's the different oaths that you have to take, yep. and as long as you don't break those oaths, right. you don't have to be a you know that goody two-shoes paladin. There's a yep. lot more uh, to that class than the classic. Oh, there's a demon there. I've got to go yeah. fight it. And I think that's you're absolutely right. I, you know, I mentioned paladin as a class because they're generally high charisma. Yeah, so did uh, I. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. And but there's a lot of rules to paladin. That's probably one of the more difficult class, classes for a a starting player to to really yeah. get into. But uh, it it does. It is a very rewarding class from a role play standpoint if you add those different flavors in it. Uh, yeah, my general rule for, for character re- alignments is um, if the type of character you want to play is going to make it more difficult for the other players to play, probably don't be that alignment. Um, yeah. Especially if it's, like, your first or second time or you're with a new group. Like, I, I see that way too much on the, on the forums for Facebook or, you know, forums and Facebook that, like, hey, we got that one player and he's really, like, Lawful good or uh, you know that person doesn't want to I doesn't want to attack anything
2: mm-hmm. And
1: it's like well a lot of the a lot of the encounters are, are You know balanced for you know a group of four attacking, you know right. individuals So yep. just make sure that the other players are okay with it They understand what it means when you know, you're gonna make a character choice like that. It's all about communication You do not want to go months and months and months in developing Present, a character yeah. and then have the dm say yeah this is really not working out nobody's having fun um right. you know you want to be very upfront with that type of stuff
2: and
0: uh, again this is a recommendation so if you guys want to you know be a little pot stirrer and that's fine but be prepared
2: yeah Same thing yeah with,
0: if if you want to be a paladin a lawful good be prepared because He's there has another
1: character sheet <laughs>
0: with a paladin. I always made sure that my beliefs were true. I stood by my beliefs and my oath. And I, I, and even though I may make a mistake or once in a while, I try not to waver from those beliefs or even, even if I'm don't really, if I did something that was against that belief, I'm going to convince myself somehow I, I, I didn't, or I'm just going to ask for forgiveness you know, right. versus, and so, be, because people will come at you and test your beliefs and ask you about them. It's more for a lawful good, if you make a mistake. Funny when a chaotic, neutral person does something good. No one talks to them about some, doing them something good. Well, there's good, a you know? loose cannon. They can <laughs> right. do
1: anything they want. So, you know, that's that's why chaotic is so appealing. Is yeah. You can kind of do anything you want. I found most people play as more of a true neutral or lawful neutral
2: Then
0: you can just do what you know, then make a decision for yourself if you want to be
1: logical. Yeah. And and if if you play your character as neutral for the first couple of levels, just to kind of get a feel of D&D if you're a new player and you want to change your mindset. You know, I've done that multiple times with characters. You just have to have that conversation with the DM and say and have a reason for it. I had a character that went from being neutral good to being true neutral because of some terrible thing that happened to a paladin and uh you know kind of shook him to his core so as long as you have those conversations
2: yeah uh,
1: feel free and again
0: I I think it adds more yeah when when you're willing to change your mind about something in game because of something happened because we do it real life people walk away from their faith or people come to faith different times yeah
1: and uh yeah and and again everything we're saying is a recommendation you can make your first character a sorcerer dwarf and and that's chaotic evil go ahead yeah if you really want
2: to
0: if you you really want to say if you got your heart set on that go for it we're just kind of giving you like the best options based upon our experience
1: yeah, and guidelines to you know having a good time, like yeah. you know, you want to be able to
0: kick ass too. I mean, let's be real. You want to be able yeah. to kick ass.
1: <laughs> yeah, D and D is a game of fun, and everybody should be having fun. If you're not having fun playing D and D, there's a problem. Yeah, and I've and I've played in those campaigns, and I know you have too, Thad, because we've had conversations about them. And yeah. you know, nobody wants to do that. So, um, you know, it's just it's it's better for everybody to be on the same page. So always communicate. Um, Do we have another question? I think we had one or two or three more. That's the
0: questions I had. I have a question for you. Yeah. What is your your favorite class to play?
1: Oh, hands down cleric. Hands down cleric. Well, cleric with all the domain options, you can make any kind of cleric that you want to. You want to be up from the front lines. Oh, we got war cleric or forge cleric for you and it can help you out. You want to be more of a skill individual uh, knowledge cleric is. Uh, I'm playing in a campaign a knowledge cleric, in a very underrated domain in my opinion. Um, to to have those extra skills, you want to be the soul healer of a group. Uh, they've got it. You know they got a domain for that. Uh, you want to be chaotic? Oh, tempest cleric. You got some magic. You got some lightning. I cleric I think has the most options across the board, and I have the most fun uh, playing one because. I can I can do as many things as I want. I want to go up into the front lines. I can do that. I can heal. I can cast some great utility magic. Banishment is amazing. Um, I yeah. I saved I saved oh, some hi. bacon yesterday yeah. with banishment spells. So uh, you know, there to me, my favorite class and my favorite race is a dwarf. So being yeah. a dwarf cleric, yeah, yeah. That's, and they I, really- I'm in it.
0: They go the, a dwarf cleric really works well. I mean, yeah, race benefits from your racial abilities and yeah. from your class abilities really go well together. Well, and it, especially they, a they, hill they dwarf fit really well. Yeah, 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 a
1: hill dwarf. You're going to get the bonus to uh, wisdom along with constitution and a, a, a healing cleric that has a little bit more hit points.
2: Yeah.
1: Nothing wrong with that.
2: Yeah. They've, <laughs> hey, they,
0: they've built clerics to be like you can be a battle cleric. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. But just let everybody know that you know if if you're the healer and the battle cleric, you got a lot rusty on your shoulders there.
1: <laughs> right, right, don't, and if, don't
0: die, <laughs>
1: and don't be afraid to be a cleric that's not a healer because a lot of people yep. they hear cleric and and they're you know you just have to say I'm not that kind of cleric and yep. they'll they'll understand. And uh, what what about you? What's your favorite class to play? I, you know,
0: I really like playing druid. This is the first time I played druid in five e, which is really a forever yeah it took forever to kind of just because just there's so much to, to play out there I played Paladin I played Ranger and Rogue and I played Sorcerer and Warlock and I played it out I, Fighter you know uh, but I would say Ranger
2: mm-hmm.
0: I just like the whole like I don't know you know obviously t- to me it's as cliche it is like I thought like the ghost wise halfling ranger because your wisdom goes up and then your dex- you get dexterity bonus from ha- as a halfling and then you get the small feature so you can go through people's spaces mm-hmm. and you have luck you know you can reroll the ones and so i really like i think that halfling is an underutilized race however i i can't say anything bad about uh you know uh a uh elf you know or, or uh a wood, wild, like a wood elf, a wood elf
1: yeah, a yeah wood I elf mean, fits, ranger
0: that's it fits pretty it fits the racial ability so well but if anybody wants to really build that wisdom-based character with some dexterity that helps you out look into to the ghost wise halfling it's in okay. sword coast it is an extension but boy you can really there's so much uh think personality to a halfling much like a dwarf there's so much pe- personality yep. that you can add to it because there's such a stereotype and you can follow those stereotypes or you can break out of those stereotypes yep. but no matter what they are people treat you i mean let's let's be real everybody that i played with people racially stereotype people all the time in, in D
1: in the sense of oh like a dwarf. You know, oh he's a dwarf
0: ask. he's a short he's grumpy he likes to drink you know I mean, yeah he
1: likes money yeah right
0: so there's always those stereotypes um and so i would say uh a ranger for certainly just because i can i can that you know i can do the spells i can heal if i want i get some good berries i can make i can do cure wounds or i can yep. do hunter's mark and i can really be stealthy because i've got that high dexterity that i put it into and yep. i can be very perceptive because i got that high wisdom so i can be really have no my surroundings well and if i get my favorite terrain now the problem is is you say i oh, got favorite terrain is forest and then oh we've been in the dungeon for the last three weeks <laughs> you right, know you're like right. you don't get to use that but I like that and it works really well with other wisdom bait. Like if you want to be, you could be a Ranger cleric if you really wanted to and go into the healing portion of the Ranger. But, uh, you know, I really like the you get to fight. You can do it from a ranged aspect. So yeah. you really can stay out of it. So you can be a sniper. And when you start adding stuff like crossbow expert, like Bjorn was, I mean, he five feet with a cross hand crossbow. He was just doing so much damage, but also just that, you know, uh, the, 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 what is that? I'm not, the, not the uh, sniper, but the, uh, the shooter, the, what's the feet? Sharpshooter. shooter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can be, you have so much power, but you could also get up and hold a sword if you want to once in a while, or you can build a ranger that's based off of that. So I would say ranger they're just it's a nice spell slash you're a quasi yeah. spell user but you're also a fighter. So it's I think it's easier for if if you want to be a spellcaster from right away but you're unsure about your spellcasting abilities, ranger, would you want to fight, ranger's good unless you want to go to a fighter who's maybe elric, eldric, you know. Yeah. Knights or something of that nature. Uh, oh, what, Eldritch knight? Yeah. What uh go ahead. I was just going to ask as far as what challenges do you find as a spellcaster? Cuz so, as play, a, not not in this group. And then, right. what challenges do you find as a fighter or fighting a melee character, if you would? Yeah. So my,
1: um, so I right now I'm kind of playing both of those characters in two different campaigns. And from a, scale, a spell spellcasting standpoint, it's definitely managing your spell slots uh, is kind of difficult right at the beginning because uh, you do get spells, and obviously they're big, fantastic you know elements that can really swing a battle, but it's such a limited commodity when you, when you first, your first few levels that I find a lot of people are very hesitant to use their spells and rely very heavily on their cantrips. Um, and I would say that's very, you have to gauge the campaign. Like if it's a campaign where you're getting a lot of rests and that's not a problem, use the spell slots. Um, but if it is something where, you know, it, finding rest spots is Difficult. Then you're gonna to have to manage them, but that's definitely the part I go through. Like I, I probably cast twice as many spells as the next spellcaster in one of my campaigns, and I I dole those spells out like candy. Use um, them or lose them. Use them or lose them. That's my philosophy. And yeah. uh, my as far as a melee character, what I find challenging. So uh, Dagmar, believe it or not, is my both my first monk and my first rogue. So uh, finding his skill set has been uh, interesting to me and making sure I put myself in position to provide flanks is uh, something that I'm definitely working on because it's not I'm not usually thinking about that when I'm yep. when I'm uh, a spellcaster. What a uh, question for you. We've talked about your favorite class. What is your least favorite class to play?
0: Oh, boy. Um, <clears throat> I, I mean, personally, me, uh, personally, per, I, I love you, Ted, but Bard.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, a is rolling over right yeah, now. He just stops levitating, and he doesn't know why. <laughs> I'll say this.
0: It's not it's either Bard or uh, Sorcerer. It's. I'll say this much. It's not. Be, I dislike playing them, and I played them in the past. I just think that you have to be really good at defining of what kind of bard you are.
2: You know yeah. what I mean?
0: Like to me, is are you going to be the the actor? Are you going to be the musician? Are you going to be the shyster charlatan? Are you going to be like the noble? who's always dressed in fine clothes. Are you going to be the thief who, you know, just plays disguises and things like this? It, it's it, you have a lot of options, which is great, but they're just so swarmy. They talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> I, and you have, I, and you're expected to talk. You're expected to be the face. Yeah. So that's just the thing. You're expected to be high charisma. So in real life, I may be high charisma, but there's a day that I don't want to be high charisma. Guess what? You're playing your high charisma. So you're yep. always on. It's like being an actor or like being that. music. You always have to be on. And you really have to have a lot of energy when you bring it to the game.
1: I I agree with you. And I, and I uh, one thing I would say about Bard is I kind of lament over what they have become, which is, yeah. The very stereotype, like seducing bard,
2: right. that
1: in, in a lot of campaigns, luckily uh, we haven't had to deal with that much with Alar, but like that's there's so much more available to what a bard can do as far right. as their utility that I just do I don't think that they. Have been played out.
0: They're complete you know. skill monkeys. If you want to play a skill character having all the skills, play a bard.
1: If, if you want to roll dice constantly, yeah, play a yeah, bard because yeah. they're they uh, even at level two they get half proficiency in yeah. every skill. Uh,
2: if you are yeah. a
0: newer player and you're afraid to really come out of your shell and you're a bit shy and you want to challenge f- yourself, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go ahead and do it. Or if you don't want to challenge yourself, <laughs> I'd stay away from a bard. You know, but uh sorcerer in in that case when it comes to uh i just think that i don't know there i I would rather be a wizard if i'm going to be a spell wizards are classic but i think they're underutilized because you can pick so many schools and 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 to me sorcerers are like oh yeah i'm a i've god-given talent i'm you know i'm a savant right so and, and it's just like i don't know it I, I, are, are
1: you mad because the sorcerer is that kid in school who didn't have to study and still aced the test yeah, yeah. and the wizards are the ones who are putting in the That's work it, every for, day.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the sorcerers too is, uh, um, I don't know. I don't think they may have been fleshed out as much as I think they should be like where all these other classes have so many options and archetypes and stuff. I don't think the sorcerer has as many as, and I was, cause I looked at the sorcerer list today they're they're getting more but is it just like it's harder to define um i don't know i think you can just i don't think you can be like a to me you can never be a goody two-shoe sorcerer you have to be a bit of a punk to be a sorcerer to me
1: yeah, divine soul man
0: yeah but that's that's more of a you know to me be a cleric
1: (laughs) <laughs> no, I love the idea, of. I was, I, man, if I wasn't going to play a rogue, that yeah. was, I was serious because the divine soul is like, like I would love to play a divine soul who just believed in himself.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, that, that's what Alar plays. He's, he's a yeah, bard.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who just believes in himself. So I get my own, like I'm my own God right, and I can right. get my own. Um, you really have your
0: own pep talks in the mirror. Yeah.
1: And, and then a uh, bag, you know, so um yeah my favorite or my least favorite class to play um sorry brokos is a druid yeah quite honestly and
0: i'm just getting into it i really like it i I played the circle of the moon so i when i started saying i'm going to be in wild shape that's going to be my thing
1: yep and and there's definitely some really cool elements and and i guess for me it's just because i like cleric too much and it's like why be a druid if I can be a cleric in a campaign? And there's definitely some things that make them different. Uh, badgers? <laughs> I, no, no, no. You're absolutely right. I just, for me personally, if I sit down and I'm trying to create yeah. a character who's a druid, by the time I'm done creating that character, he's a cleric <laughs> or she is a cleric. I'm a
0: healer. <laughs>
1: yeah, really turn
0: tra- into anything. Yeah, I would say to me as a druid, uh, if I would, I would, I would agree with you there. If you're not going to be a circle of the moon or do a lot of wild shape, then be a cleric.
2: Yep.
1: Yeah, I uh, because well, I mean a lot of
0: the spell they share a lot of the same spells.
1: And I've been a proponent of the cleric for many, many yeah. iterations. Like back when being a cleric meant you just healed, you had like no offensive yeah. power, oh, yeah. you could not take hits in combat. I, I, uh, it's just my favorite
0: class. So yeah, I see where the Druid can come from. I'm really liking it. Cause I love the wild shape. I like the, a lot of people just go into that. Oh, there's, they're like hippie phase who just want to be, you oh, know, there's so
1: much more than that. You yeah, know, yeah. yeah, that's, I, I think that, you know, a lot of the classes are, are based solely on, uh, you know, just the stereotype that you think of them, yeah. but there's so much more with yeah. the kids. Don't be
0: afraid to do something different. There's especially, always
1: uh, especially when it comes to the race of that particular, uh, you know, you you. There's a trade-off because yeah. if I'm yeah. going to play a sorcerer, a dwarven sorcerer, right? There's a trade-off because I don't get those ability score right. modifiers that I may want. But like th- some of the most satisfying characters I have ever had have been not race dependent or you know not uh, like a like a halfling fighter yeah. i played a halfling fighter and that was an awesome that was one of my right. favorite characters i ever made and at the time in the addition of DD D, there just there was no benefit like you could only go up to strength 17 like that was it like they were capped right. so you know it's still fun to play with a detrimental uh, attribute and that's actually a good question for you as well which is how do you play a character with a detrimental attribute properly? Uh, that's one I, I hear a lot. So if you yeah. have the six charisma, if you have the six intelligence.
0: Right. I, I never go to a dump stat. I mean, as a DM, I wouldn't let him make characters. So, so 10, zero is a normal average person, mm-hmm. right? How we see it. Uh, uh, minus one is if you want to be a six, go for it but be prepared to just be weak in one point you i would say unless you're an experienced gamer uh a role player don't do it because you're going to get into where it's going to be such a weakness that a good dm if he really wants to, to screw with you he's going to use that weakness if you're that one person in that group mind you if there's other people who can make up that Portion ability mm-hmm. in your group and you are really working it you work well as a teammate it could be a lot of fun and role playing i mean with, with me the paladin to me is no offense to anybody who was this person in high school but they're they're the captain of the football team They're the quarterback and they they they're a good church boy you know and they and they but he's just dumb as a box of rocks you know he's the one that down south is say bless his heart <laughs> because you know he's just he's just not smart, so I always like to dump my intelligence with a paladin. well just that's me personally, but um dumping can also stack can also give you bonuses and other things, right? So even though you may now I'm all about point by we did roll our first season that we did, and I really feel it took away from the challenges of growing you know it made it too easy to become good and sure. and so I'm all okay about like a, a six, but make sure you have someone that can kind of fill in that gap, but it will add some fun role-playing. You better believe it. If um, it's
1: role-played properly. And I th- yeah. I think that's the, the part that I, I find the most issues with is charisma or intelligence generally is the stat that I see yep. the lowest um, because there's not very many intelligence saving throws that I can think of. Um, and so it, from a standpoint of okay well i'm just stupid what does that mean you know if i if i have a six intelligence Mm -hmm. um most of the time you'll see okay this person has a six intelligence but they're playing like themselves they're thinking of things like themselves and uh that you know they're overthinking what their character is capable of and it's it wouldn't be a problem if it didn't mean that character was overpowered, like right. if they're allowed to be as intelligent as the person playing that character, right? then you get into issues that way as well. And I and, have dealt with that. Yeah.
0: And the thing is, as far as, so if I like to play a wizard and I want to be a sixth strength, because it's going to be funny as heck because he's going to try to do something like jump across a river and fall. And it's going to be gonna funny. Go. Yep. Right. While while the fighter's sitting there watching <laughs> but when it comes to time to do something intelligent, he's going to do something that the fighter's just going to scratch his head and go, "What?" But but also, like you said, there's not there's one skill and there's a saving throw for strength. Yep. Unless you're being grappled, there's athletics, and a lot of times you can talk to your DM to, to be using acrobatics.
2: Yeah, yeah. But well, if you're going to
0: yeah. if you're going to dump your athletics skill, you better make sure your dexterity is pretty high. Same thing. Yeah. If you're going to dump your dexterity, you better make sure that your your uh your uh strength is pretty high. One or one of the has to. Be, I, yeah. I wouldn't. I would never bowl both of them really low. I like to usually dump intelligence if I'm going to play that character. This is the problem I have, and I love to. I dump strength unless I'm a unless I'm a fighter. I really do because yeah. because and I'm unless I'm using that skill as my bonuses for my attack and my my you know my attack and my damage, then, then why? Because you can be a dexter, dexterous fighter and, and not have, I mean, Triss doesn't have the greatest uh, strength. So, I mean, we always think her as strong because she's a tiefling and her personality is strong and her character is strong, you know, just who she is. Um, but we, you would think she is, but she's not really, really super strong. And so I think Dagmar's now, of course, is the strongest.
1: <laughs> yeah, after the gloves, my strength was eight. And yeah, it right. So you dumped that 19.
0: stat because you didn't really need it. There was no point in you were that acrobatic monk that was flying around. You didn't need to use strength in anything because you were using dexterity Correct. as your damage and your attack. And so that's why I'm okay with dumping s- stats. It's just if you want to do it, have fun with it. But uh yeah, be just be prepared for things to go awry and yeah. people would make fun of you. What I I don't know what you think about it. I see it very common when people pick. Uh, have low charisma or low intelligence, but they play their character, like, cause they can't get out. Just be themselves.
1: Right. And that, that you is know? kind of what I'm talking about with my point is that it's, you really have to, you really have to step outside the bounds of what you're capable of. Yeah. I, I don't think I do, I do standard array. And even if it's point by, I still do standard array. And even if I'm supposed to roll, I generally do standard array because that's, I I like having a detriment to my character, uh, an eight. uh, And generally, quite honestly, I agree with you. I put it on strength most of the time. Um, And, uh, you know, unless I need to. And then when I'm creating a character, I like to think of what that character's life has been like. And then I I put the uh, ability scores to match that. So like Dagmar, you know, as a street urchin, he had to be pretty quick on his feet and, you know, he had that will uh, to survive that common sense. So, you know, he had a low strength for being kind of, you know, uh, a malnourished kind of, yeah. you know, kid growing up. And then I adjusted his stats accordingly. Also does not have a very good charisma because I mean, he's got a pet mouse for gosh sake, <laughs> you know, he, he can't, and- that's his only conversation. <laughs>
0: And like my charisma, so when I went to go look at Brokos, I dumped my, my strength scores eight because I, I, I see my is kind of like scrawny. I'm like five four. I'm scrawny. I'm a wild shape kind of. I I, I I turn into things that are strong, and so that's why I feel like I feel like uh, Brokos has really found his way into. Uh, if everybody listened to the last episode of really. Embracing his wild side.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. We would, uh, well, I don't wanna, well, I guess, yeah, this will be out by then. But
0: if you yeah. haven't heard it, you know, but, but I, I, and so that's how he sees it. Like, I can be weak as a person because I can turn to a strong bear. Right. You know, I can, I can find that strength. But, and then, you know, dexterity, obviously, to me, is a no brainer. should never be dumped um, just because I, you have AC, you have so much involved with it. It's almost an OP constitution. I would never dump constitution unless you want to die faster than you can say, hi, my name is. Yeah. (laughs) Because uh, hit points are important.
1: I, I actually, I, the only time I would, I would make dexterity low is if I'm purposely building a character around having that low dexterity. Like I, if I, if I'm thinking of a concept of like an old, slow, uh dwarf like i play in one of my campaigns i play a 300 year old dwarf in one of my campaigns right. it does not make sense for him to be pretty agile right. and so he actually has a uh he does not have a bonus on dexterity at all and uh, i think he might even have a negative and um yeah that's that's really the only which, time i would do it
0: which brings up an interesting concept like I, said, I never thought about so you can have ability scores and improve your ability scores and get smarter and get stronger and get faster and mm-hmm. get more dex, dexterous. Why haven't we ever looked into, couldn't you get lose dexterity? Could They used lose to have strength? rules for
1: that. Yeah. yeah, they used to have rules for that where you would lose strength and constitution over time. Yeah. Um,
0: why, it, why wouldn't you? Yeah.
1: I mean, it, it makes sense. And I, the only – Answer I could give you on that is that D and D is not a physics engine. <laughs> <It> <laughs> True, and they want people follow... to
0: enjoy that. To yeah, like I that. want to be able to make an old
1: character. Uh, I've yeah. actually never had a character die of old age. Yeah, which theoretically, you know, I've played a lot of old characters. Oh. I don't know if I'm an old soul. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I've never
0: played a character that celebrated a birthday. Think about that. Have you ever ever really celebrated a birthday with any of your party members in any of your games? You would think that at some point, venturing with someone, they would have a birthday.
1: Well, time, the concept in-game. of time in D and D is kind of
0: yeah, but still different. <laughs> I mean, if you're playing well, for it, a month, someone's got to have a birthday in like thirty years if you play.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, no birthday think parties at
0: D and D. No birthday parties.
1: Yeah, a a five. You know, a, a 30 mile walk takes five minutes, whereas a is a, a 30 second battle takes right. four that's,
0: hours, <laughs> you know, and we can I always find uh, you see jokes and memes and stuff about carrying your weight, you know, your max capacity. Yeah, no problem. I mean no one ever talks about dropping their pack or anything when they're about to go into battle. So, I mean, it's just like you're sitting around with this huge pack fighting stuff.
1: It reminds me of
0: back there when you run, no one ever mentions that, but that's why it's not a physics engine because uh, you set down your bag, you know, well then you're, you, you got a minus two to your attack or, you know, yeah
1: you're You're carrying an extra 70 pounds (laughs) on your bag. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, they don't, they, yeah, I guess I've never, I've never done that. We should, we should mess with Don and when yeah. combat starts, we should say, I set down my pack and see what,
2: <laughs> and see what Ted and Richelle Yeah,
0: I think knowing Don enough that we might not have that pack for very long. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, so I always, you know, like intelligence, again, to remember people, 10 is average.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: don't think it's 10 as bad.
2: Yeah. Don't think it's yeah.
0: zero plus zero modifier doesn't mean you're bad my little trick to a lot of this is if you like to be a skill monkey or if you're really into skills and balancing out your skills if you want to really have a dump stat or if you want to have like a zero ability score be proficient in some of the stuff that is skills because then it's going to give you a proficiency bonus to those skills and then you're going to kind of even them out so if you only have if you have a like a zero charisma but you kind of want maybe be intimidator well then put you know be because how many times you see fighters they're intimidating they want to be bulky but they always have low charisma because i don't know how to talk to people i'm a barbarian you know but why you would still want to intimidate so now you're in the trouble of having a low intimidation score mm-hmm. and to me i would use maybe strength i'd use and put intimidation maybe in a strength
2: yeah yeah,
0: I... Physically, and then have like a, hey, I'm going to physically intimidate this person.
2: Yeah,
1: I, I get what you're saying. I, I kind of agree with that, you know, to a point. I guess, you know, your presence can be ph- physically intimidating. Yep. Maybe, maybe a high strength would give you an advantage on something like right. that, Check.
0: So always, I like to even out my skill, because I, I really like to make sure my skills, I don't have too many negative skills. But then again, if you want to be your character who knows, because this is what's going to happen. You're gonna have a plus nine to your insight. And then a guy right next to you is going to say is going and, and you're gonna say, I wanna check if that guy's lying. And the other guy goes, I am two. The next guy next to you has a eight wisdom, and you've got a plus nine. And guess who rolls an daddy 20?
2: <laughs> right. Not
0: you, and you roll a two. So the guy yeah. who, who doesn't know what insight. You know, really how do, he's just looking at a character kind of trying to eye him up. He never doesn't do it. So that's what happens. So don't put too much into skills. And, and I like to make sure we balance with skills too. So, you know, I want, I, like it goes back to everybody having fun and everybody being a hero and let everybody as a DM, I think that I think you should as players be aware of making sure that, you know, if someone hasn't had a chance to kill someone, let them be a hero. They'll, they'll appreciate it. Or, you know what? When someone says roll for a, a roll perception, don't say, can I roll perception too? Just let that person be the person who finds out what's behind the door. Don't necessarily take their, their thunder away from them because, you know, it's, it's no fun when somebody keeps on saying, Hey, uh, roll this. And then you say, can I do that too? Well, no, you know, it, it's let that person roll because the DM chose that person to roll, not you. He would have said you right. if he wanted you to. So that's just yeah. my whole take on that.
1: Yeah, and that just goes back to my point, which is if if somebody's having too much fun, somebody else is not having enough. And D&D is a team effort. It's a team sport. And <laughs> everybody should have a good time playing D&D. So, yeah. And if you
0: don't, talk to your DM and make him... Stay up, sleep, have sleepless nights and try to rearrange. Uh, one piece of advice I say, uh, you know, kids, uh, enjoy the sandbox. But even like I've told Don before, even a sandbox has borders. It's still a box.
1: It's still a box, yeah. <laughs> a truly endless world will be the longest campaign.
0: <laughs> and Yeah, right. And you will have no idea where you are and what you're doing. And then you'll find me really frustrated when you find out what you have to do is all the way back where he started.
1: (laughs) It took us three months of games to get here.
0: (laughs) So yeah, just enjoy each other's company, and that's the most fun part. If there's so many resources out there, again, I can't say enough about D and D Beyond. You don't. We are
1: not sponsored by D and D Beyond.
0: But I'm saying, you know, we talk about books. Go to your local gaming store, please. Give them uh, business, please absolutely give them business, buy dice from them. You know, go in there. I guarantee you they'll love to talk about D D and the books and stuff. Go buy their books from them. But if you want to go digital, you don't have to buy stuff from DD Beyond. They have where you can build a character without paying any money. It's a free subscription. If you want to go down that rabbit hole, it can cost you. But otherwise, don't feel like it. You can make up your own characters, you can make up your homebrew stuff. If a DM allows, talk to your DM. If you want to come up with a new a new weapon or use your imagination and don't, don't let any constraints, but also realize that the more powerful you are, the more the DM wants to kill you.
1: Absolutely. That is the number one rule is the, is the more powerful you are, the easier combat is the more they're going to want to take you out. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. I, I agree with you that absolutely support the local gaming stores uh, I know you can buy those books a little bit cheaper on Amazon, but uh, those people are putting the work in. It's
0: worth it, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's absolutely worth it in my opinion. Um, yeah, buy your dice there, uh, talk them up, chat them up. They're, they
0: might know where some local games are too. If you want to get, yep. if you're a first time gamer, or they'll play games there. Just go in and check and watch a game. You know, if someone yep. asks, uh, "How I've never played D and D? I know very little. What's the best way to start?" Go in to a local store, and if they're watching, say, "Hey, can I just watch?" And you'll learn a lot or go online, watch. There's a lot of great d d There's a lot of great podcasts. I feel Dungeon Patrol uh, is one of the best. So. I,
1: I heard that as well. Uh, I would say, you know, Critical Role, a little, fa- yeah. a little famous. Yeah. Uh, I, I hear a lot and we're running out of time here, but I wanted to point this out. It's, you know, obviously you look at Critical Role and you're like, man, I got a lot to live up to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, there's this Critical Role effect. Great content. Absolutely love Critical Role. Um, but don't feel like you got to be at that level to start. Yeah.
0: With. Yeah. Your voices. I, I don't know. I, as a DM, I've never like, I try so hard at voices and it just doesn't work out. It just, you have to have like a voice, you know, synthesizer in order to actually sound like it because no one's Matt Mercer, but Matt Mercer, he <laughs> Oh paid, my it's paid lots of money to sound like different things. He's been doing it for years. Mm-hmm. All of them are voice actors. So if you come to my table and you were expecting Matt Mercer? I disappoint a lot of people in life. Okay, but <laughs> but, really, really, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Do not expect your D&D, DM to be Matt Mercer. Uh, I love Matt Mercer; he's a great right. guy. But there's only one of them. <laughs> so right, right. the
0: reason why he's got a very popular show, but yeah, uh, there's a lot of people out there, and you know, Reddit has a lot of great forums. Go on on Reddit. Uh, you know, Facebook is pretty decent, but. I find the D and D community one of the more um, inviting, uh, inclusive groups that are out there because there's people from all sorts of life. Um, you're going to run into some guard, you know, some some guardians, some gatekeepers that say you can't do this. Don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. They 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 want to restrict your fun. Do what you want to do. If someone says it's you want to play something that sounds, no, that doesn't sound right. Or you can be a more powerful character. I've been on the other side. I'm in the guy telling someone to do that. It's not fun. So I try to stop that. But if you want to know how to build a really awesome character, I'll build one for you for free, but be willing for me to boss you around.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, if the, again, if anybody's list, uh, is, has any questions about building characters or for Thad or myself, absolutely hit us up on facebook we'd be more than happy to answer those questions um it's been really fun talking about yeah. d we you know what we might have to sneak these in every once in a yeah, while
0: yeah if people if you guys like this let us know we've got lots i mean obviously we talked for over an hour and we i've got i feel like i've got a lot more to talk about so. yeah
1: we scratched the surface uh yeah of what i could talk about with D. uh we didn't even talk about spells and we were oh, going no, not. yeah we've
0: scratched the the, the first yeah. number on the on the lottery card so, so we'll, we'll all right more...
1: well we will uh we will let everybody go you have a great time and uh we will see everybody next time
0: right. bye bye everybody
1: bye